and welcome to the Peaceful Pastures podcast, finding peace in the pastures, spending 10 minutes each day with your shepherd. I am Pastor Daniel Lewig, and this podcast is brought to you by Christ Countryside Ministries, the regional ministries of St. John's Hill Point, Trinity Lime Ridge, and Bethlehem Richland Center. On day two, we capture the context. As we look at this portion of scripture, we recognize that the world today is just a little bit different than the world at the time of the Bible. There are customs and practices, idioms that are used uh, in our portion of scripture that can sometimes be lost on us. So as we examine this portion of scripture, as we look again at the, the gospels in our chronological study, we will explore some of these concepts to help us better understand the words that Jesus is speaking and help us understand the teachings and what Jesus wants us to know. But first, let us begin with prayer. Heavenly Father, these things are written that we may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing we may have life in his name. Amen. In this portion of Scripture, we cover what is called Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. It's the longest sermon that is recorded in Scripture from Jesus that we have. It is also probably the most well-known sermon that is given to us, most popular sermon in, in Scripture. But it can also be the most misinterpreted sermon. Whenever we look at a teaching or someone who is speaking, it's important to understand the audience. It's important to understand the purpose that all guides everything that is being said. We know that as this portion of Scripture begins, uh, it begins this way, at least coming from Matthew chapter 5. Now when he saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them, saying. So who is this sermon for? For his disciples. For those who are already believers. And as Jesus begins to teach... He begins with that, that word beatitudes, a statement of blessings, brief blessings that Jesus uses as an introduction to everything he is getting ready to speak. But before we cover those beatitudes, it helps to understand the region or the context where this is taking place. There are many uh, mountainous areas or uh, hillsides that are here along the region of the Sea of Galilee. As we look in that northwest portion of the Sea of Galilee where Jesus did a lot of his preaching and teaching ministry. While, we may, while there may be some ideas as to which mountain or mountainside or region where this could be, and people will logically look at the area where, where could a large crowd fit where Jesus could teach. We don't know the specifics, but what we do know is these areas served as a natural amphitheater. Just the way that the hillside was was put together, the way that someone would, would be there, uh, it would act as a natural uh, volume projector, a natural speaker where sound could carry much farther. When I was out uh, covering this area or looking at one of these mountainsides, uh, on a trip on the Holy Land, our tour guide gave us that exact uh, depiction. He went to one spot, and then where we were from our group, he was far away where we couldn't even throw a football and, and uh, reach him. 
but we could hear him crystal clear. So in one of these natural amphitheaters that's created by the uh, geographic conditions, uh, this is where Jesus taught and preached this sermon. Today we're going to look at primarily just those eight Beatitudes, just for breaking down the concept. There's so much here in this sermon that it will be looked at uh, each day something different. Today as we begin, as we look at the context, we want to just explore these eight statements of blessings, these eight brief blessings that Jesus gives as an introduction to his sermon. Jesus mentions that blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Well, who are the poor in spirit? The poor in spirit recognize their spiritual poverty, their sinfulness and unworthiness in God's sight. They realize that they sin daily and deserve nothing but punishment from God. They admit that their best efforts at living up to God's standards as expressed in the Ten Commandments fall miserably short. They know that of themselves they cannot do a single thing that is good and acceptable to God. The poor in spirit recognize sin. So how is theirs the kingdom of heaven? Well, through Jesus. Jesus quotes uh, in his time in the, the, Nazare- the Nazareth synagogue, he references Isaiah chapter 61, verse 1, which states, The Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. The poor and the brokenhearted are the same people. Jesus repeats that in this beatitude, this statement of blessing that is listed here. There's the, the poor is the kingdom of heaven. The poor in spirit is, has the kingdom of heaven because of what Jesus has done. God gives us the credit for Jesus' perfect righteousness. The poor become rich. They are most blessed after all. The second blessing, blessed are theirs who mourn, for they will be comforted. Well, who are those who mourn? Those who mourn uh, express their sorrow over sin. It expresses grief over all the consequences of sin in this world. This includes all the troubles and tribulations of this life, and finally, the just wages of sin, namely death. Sin deserves both temporal and eternal death, and there can be no greater sorrow than this. But those who mourn now can be comforted. As Christians, we do not mourn like those who have no hope, for God has given us hope. He promises and provides comfort and strength in every tribulation and finally eternal life for Jesus' sake. Revelations 21 verse 4 says, He will wipe every tear from our eyes. Those who, do not, those who receive genuine comfort comes from only what Jesus can provide. He is the one who brings comfort to all who mourn, who mourn over sin, who mourn over the consequences of sin, who mourn at a graveside. Jesus provides the only comfort or the comfort that only he can provide. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. The meek are those who are gentle and and patient. They're not boisterous or demanding. Uh, 
Elsewhere, Jesus will later describe the meek are those who go the extra mile, those who turn the other cheek. The meek, according to the world, look very weak. They don't look strong in in any way. But Jesus tells us, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. For those who put their trust in Jesus, we have an eternal inheritance coming, a new heaven and the new earth. What looks like weakness, what looks like in a, the inability to, to do anything is actually the greatest strength that is found in Jesus. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Jesus elsewhere in John chapter 6 talks about the, the bread of life. To seek that bread that fills the soul more than what fills the body. Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, they will be filled. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. And this he is reminding to put the first things first. Seek his kingdom first and his righteousness. And those who do this will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. The merciful are those who appreciate and value God's mercy that is given to them. Only those who see the mercy that has been given to them will in turn be able to show that mercy to others. Jesus gives us a parable elsewhere in Scripture where he talks about the servant who owes a debt he can never repay. And he falls at his master's feet and he begs for mercy. And the master, in compassion, in mercy, does this. And he cancels the debt. But then the servant goes and finds someone who owed him a few dollars. And instead of showing mercy there, he has him thrown into prison. And if you don't see, if you don't appreciate the mercy with which you have been shown, what you have been given, the debt that has been canceled, the debt of sin that has been canceled, a debt that you could never repay on your own, until you see the great mercy in which you have been given, you'll never be able to offer that mercy to someone else. It is through the love of Jesus, as Scripture elsewhere describes, we love because he first loved us. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. The pure in heart speak and act without an ulterior motive or concealed selfish interests. Those that are are focused on what God provides, what God longs to give. Psalm 24 tells us, he who has clean hands and a pure heart. Emphasizing that that same concept that those go hand, hand in hand, the heart with the action, or heart leads to action. Those that are pure in heart, 
those who put their focus on, on Jesus and what he's done for them, they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Peacemakers are those who not passively sit and don't try to cause any trouble themselves. But they act as, as mediators. They, they strive to make peace. Their goal is to look at any situation where they can provide peace instead of strife. And finally, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. It's not always convenient to be a Christian, and times will come, as Jesus describes numerous times in the Gospels, that times will come that you will be persecuted because of me, he says. But those who are persecuted because of righteousness, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Jesus tells us there is a a crown that awaits. Be faithful even to the point of death, and I will give you the crown of life. We are reminded in these, these blessings that these rewards are not based on merit, but on grace. This is God's undeserved love. This is how we are blessed. That when we do this, God gives us his blessings. This sermon is often misconstrued as to be, this is how you can earn heaven. Do all these things and you will live. That's not what Jesus is saying here. Jesus is talking about blessings that we already possess. Christians already are poor in spirit, those who mourn, the meek, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, the merciful, the pure in heart, the peacemakers, those who are persecuted because of righteousness. This is already who we are in Christ. Jesus is talking about the blessings that we already possess. This is a sermon of sanctification, of Christian living, of how to fully receive the blessings that God gives. To live out your life with the blessings you already possess. So often we seek out God, seek out God for blessings, and we miss the countless ones that He gives us. These eight blessings that Jesus used to describe Christians are, are what we already are. How we are blessed in Him. He will continue to speak about as this sermon is unveiled. This wraps up today's podcast. We invite you to join in next time and take the opportunity to share our podcast with someone in your life who could use some peace in the pastures. You can find our podcast on all major podcasting platforms. If you have any questions, feel free to contact us at Christ Countryside Wells, W-E-L-S, at yahoo.com. Our podcast is brought to you by Christ Countryside Ministries, the regional ministry of St. John's Hill Point, Trinity Lime Ridge, and Bethlehem Richland Center. Music used with permission from Koine, part of their soundtrack to Oh That the Lord Would Guide My Ways. You can find their music on iTunes and many other online musical stores. Scripture used in this podcast is from the Evangelical Heritage Version, used with permission from the Wartburg Project. This is Pastor Daniel Lewig wishing you God's richest blessings on your day.